0: Good morning. It really, I know I say this all the time, but really is this time a privilege for me to, to preach my, my last Sunday here, but I hope you've realized that when I come back and I do it again, I'll have to charge more for my travel expenses, so you're you really losing out here. Uh, this morning's message is from the book of Acts, and it's from the second chapter, but let's just pray before we, before we begin. Father, we just thank you for your great love towards us, Lord. And we thank you for for saving us, Lord. And we just ask now that as we're gathered together, that we would hear from you and that you would teach each of us, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we read, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been devoted to something? Have you ever been devoted to something? I on Facebook this week saw a photo of Steve Jobs, the sort of you know, the founder and the CEO of of Apple. it was just before he died, and he was very, very, very ill. And I thought to myself, this fella has devoted his whole life to Apple and to this business and to building his wealth and this big empire thing that he's got going on. And I thought it's sad that he's having to be helped in by by the arm, out of the car, into the into a building. He can't even walk on his own now. And I wonder what Steve Jobs must have been thinking at that time. After he's had this life and people have written books about him and he's written books and in the world people think, oh, this fellow's such a success. I wonder what he must be thinking. Would he have regretted devoting all his time and all his energy to his business? So the title for this message this morning is A Church Devoted, and I want to spend a few short minutes looking at what we as individuals and we as a church should be devoted to. Um, our passage is Acts 2 and verse 42 to 47, but just for a wee bit of context, we'll start reading at verse 40. So Acts 2, 40 to 47. It's just after Pentecost. And with many other words, he bore witness and, counted, and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Amen. I want you to imagine the scene. Jesus is, he's rose from the dead and he's about to ascend into heaven. And he tells his disciples in Acts one verse eight, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and you'll be my witnesses. So they go and they're they're praying and they're waiting, and then at Pentecost the Holy Spirit finally arrives. And just as Jesus said, they received power, and it was miraculous, and the crowds were seeing tongues of fire settling in people's heads, and they were hearing the disciples all speak in everybody's own native language. And then Peter, this fellow who had previously denied Jesus, he stands up and I'm sure the rest of the disciples were thinking, oh for goodness sake, here, here comes Peter again, what's he going to say? But this fellow who denied Jesus, who'd failed him so epically, he stood up and he gave a defense of the gospel and he preached to thousands. He received power when the Holy Spirit came. In Acts 2 and 41, we're told that 3,000 souls are added to their number that day. 3,000 Peter or people encounter Jesus through Peter's preaching. Surely they must receive this power, and it tells us that they, there were wonders and signs being done through the apostles. And God uses Peter to reach thousands of people. But the apostles appear to, I was laughing about this, because the apostles appear to have a bit of a problem now. What do we do with 3,000 extra converts? I'm thinking if next Sunday, when, or whenever Jeff's back, if 3,000 converts turn up at the front door, I think he'll, he'll keel over. We'd be definitely looking for a bit of help then. What do we do? <laughs> How do we disciple so many when there are so few of us? I'm sure there was panic or worry, but the scripture doesn't mention any of that. What it tells us is that the new believers that they were devoted. And they were devoted to three things: to growth, to each other, and to worship. And very simply, those three things are going to be the foundation of this wee message this morning. So Acts 2 and 42 gives us the list of what they were devoted to. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to teaching. They had just received the gospel and experienced this redeeming love of Christ for the first time. And now they, were, they desired to be taught. And we need to bear in mind here that the apostles, they didn't have, they didn't have the, the epistles or the, the written gospels. They had the Old Testament and they had conversations that they had with Jesus and what he taught crowds. They didn't have loads to go on, but these people, these new believers, they devoted themselves to this teaching anyway. we need to ask, what is devotion? Devotion isn't just for maybe you take a notion for something and you sort of commit a wee bit of time to that for two or three days or for a couple of weeks. Devotion is a deep, deep commitment. It's investing all your time and all your energy into something. And that's what these believers did. They devoted themselves to teaching, to growing spiritually. They wanted to know more about the Lord Jesus who had saved them. They wanted to know more about the Lord. And I think of these new believers wanting to grow. And I think of a a baby. And whenever a baby's born, it needs to eat. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. Or else, that's how I think it works. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's different. Um, But a baby needs to eat. If it wants to grow up, if its parents want to grow strong and healthy, they have to feed it. It's the same with anything. I was at the zoo on on Friday, and I love the zoo, love the zoo, and went to see the tigers. And there was this tiger cub, and it was only a month old. But the thing was huge, and it was like it was walking about here, and it's it's given all this. And if it hadn't, if it, the zookeepers wanted it to get to that size, they had to feed it. In order for the tiger to grow, it had to be fed. And it's the same with us. If we're going to grow spiritually, we need to eat. We need to be fed. We need to be devoted to growing, committed to studying God's Word, to being taught from God's Word. Psalm 1 talks about uh, meditating, the man meditating on, on God's Word and on his law and delighting in it. And What, what does it say? Let's, verses 2 and 3 of Psalm 1, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Folks, if we're going to grow spiritually, we need to be feeding on God's Word. We need to be devoted to God's Word and wanting to grow and wanting to learn. And we'll be like a tree that has been fed by the Lord. The church in Acts 2 knew the importance of teaching. They knew the importance of growing spiritually. Do we? Do we know the importance of that? Do we know why we should desire to grow and be devoted and growing? Is the church here... In lockeries, are we devoted to growing, to studying God's Word, to being taught from God's Word? I know, I know two or three people who I've been quite close to, and they have lost their desire to grow. They've given up in church. They're no longer excited about coming and excited about reading God's Word and hearing from God. Spiritually, they've grown, they've grown cold. And maybe you know somebody in that position or maybe you yourself is in that position. You've lost that excitement from when you first became a Christian and you're just you're deflated and you're, you're not interested and you're not reading the Bible and you're, you just don't really care. You're, not, you're disinterested. Or maybe you've been, you've been hurt in church and you've thought, no, I don't want anything to do with that. It can happen, can't it? We can, it's easy. We can grow cold. We can fall away. We can lose our devotion to growing, to teaching, or maybe we're devoted to something else, we're devoted maybe to our careers or our our finances, Steve Jobs, big career man, Uh, it doesn't get much bigger than that, he was devoted to that, maybe for some of the young people, you've got all these exams in school and you're putting all your time and all your energy and everything you have is going into these and everything else is taking second place. Now, careers and wealth and exams, there's, there's nothing wrong with these things. But they're, if they're taking priority in our lives over the things of God, if they're taking priority over our spiritual state, then there's a bit of a problem. We need to be, as 21st century Christians, we need to be learning from these 1st century Christians, learning how to be devoted to the teaching of God's Word. These new believers, they knew the goodness of God. They had just experienced the gospel for the first time. They were excited In Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Start by picking this up. Pick it up and say, Lord, teach me from this. Go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, and learn, maybe for the first time, or perhaps you want to rediscover the goodness of God, the only way we can be devoted to teaching is if we're spending time reading this book. And what will happen when we read it? We'll grow spiritually. Are you devoted to growth? Secondly, these believers were devoted to each other, to fellowship. In the same verse, verse 42, Luke tells us that, what does he say? He says, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and the fellowship. Everybody loves a wee bit of fellowship. There's nothing better than a wee cup of tea after church on a Sunday night. It's fabulous. It's good to be part of the church. However, I think, look, when I was studying for this and looking at this, Luke's actually writing about a different type of fellowship, and it's important to note that this is the first time this Greek word for fellowship is used in the whole of the New Testament. Um, first time it's used, and it's, it means to have a commonness together a common purpose sharing together sharing in everything together often we view fellowship as simply having a cup of tea after church or maybe some big church event where everybody's together and we're having a great time or maybe if we're really radical with the fellowship we might actually meet outside church for a coffee but that's that's extreme cases but this was a these believers it was a different type of fellowship they were devoted to they were sharing all things with one another. They were devoted to each other and they were giving their time, they sharing their experiences, their food, their possessions with one another. They were completely devoted to each other in fellowship. They put all their energy and all their time into one another. And the passage tells us in verse 44 that they are all together and have all things in common. 45 says they are selling possessions, distributing proceeds to all. 46, attending the temple together and eating together. Do we get the, the picture here? It's togetherness. There's a real deep sense of togetherness, of sharing together, with these early believers. So we've asked ourselves: Are we devoted to growth, to growing? And are we devoted now to fellowship, to each other? Look around there. Have we look around? Just so, look around the room at each other. Okay. So don't just sit there staring at me. Look. So you see all these, your brothers and sisters in Christ. Are you devoted to them? Are you devoted? To fellowship with them, are you willing to give them your time, give them your energy, to cry with them if they need somebody to cry with, support them if they need somebody to support them, to give them advice? I find sometimes we're happy enough to come into church, and if we can just slide in, maybe 25, 25 to the 11, and we'll sit at the sit at the back, and we'll slide straight out, and or maybe you come in and you're avoiding somebody, or you're avoiding people, and you're just happy enough to get in and not bother speaking to anybody. Or maybe that's that's just me. Um, <laughs> it's quite often the case. Um, you now fellowship is important, and as well as knowing the importance of teaching, these believers knew the importance of fellowship. We need one another, not just on a Sunday, but all the time. Life is busy. Life can be stressful, and we need each other. The church isn't an individual thing. The church is us together. We make up the church. Be devoted to one another. Be devoted to fellowship first first john 1 and 17 it tells us to walk in the light and what else when it's after it tells us to walk in the light it says but if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of jesus his son cleanses us from all sin if we are devoted to teaching devoted to growing and we're trying to follow jesus and we're trying to walk in that light other christians are trying to do the same thing so let's support each other and have fellowship together with one another are you devoted to that fellowship to your brothers and sisters, not just on a Sunday, not just oh, how you doing there Percy or whatever his name is. Um, but building genuine, real, godly relationships with one another, not superficial ones, but devoting all our time to one another. Fellowship is bl- biblical, and we as Christians should have real fellowship, real early church fellowship together. So then the final thing that these believers were devoted to was worship. Again, Acts two and forty-two. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching to fellowship the breaking of bread and prayers. Now I've put the breaking of bread and prayers in the one in the one sort of under one banner because for two reasons. One, we don't have time for a fourth point. And second because they are both acts of worship prayer they're in conversation with God they're talking with God it's an act of worship breaking of bread they're obeying the Lord Jesus' command and he says remember, remember me when you break this bread do it in remembrance of me worship obeying his command these believers were devoted to worshipping God they were devoted to the apostles' teaching they were devoted to sharing all things together verse 46 what does it tell us it tells us that the, they attended the temple together and broke bread in their homes 47 they praised god these people had just received the lord jesus into their lives they had just received him and they wanted to worship him so they were going to the, have this picture in my head of them all meeting together in the temple and everybody sort of all the sort of the the jews are standing looking at them like what's going on here what's and these people are praising god together but then I asked myself as well when I was thinking of this: Why would they go back to the temple? Why would they? They've just been saved. They've just been. They're a new creation. So why would they go back to the temple? This symbol. This, this is the big symbol of Judaism. And I thought, really, I've been thinking about it, thinking about it for ages and ages. And then I thought, actually, the answer is quite. It's not too difficult at all. It was a bit simple. I've Sort of overthought it. It's this place they grew up in a Jewish culture. They grew up. Um, with in a jewish context and so the temple was the place to go and pray it was the place to worship and i thought to myself why would the place of worship have to change they didn't have to go and participate in all the rituals and all 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 this it wasn't the place of prayer that had to change it was the way they prayed had to change And prayer is important to these people from clearly if they were devoted to it they were praying before the Holy Spirit came, and they were praying after the Holy Spirit came. They were devoted to prayer. I wonder, are we devoted to worship? Are we devoted to worship like they were? They were devoted also to the breaking of bread, obeying the Lord Jesus' command. They just wanted to worship God and obey Him. Are we devoted to worship, or are we like the person we've already talked about, you know, who is too busy there with their careers or something, or they're just not interested Whereas everything that we do pointed to God in worship, that should be the way it is. That's the way it was for these people. It should be the way it is for us. God is worthy to be worshipped, and these believers they knew it. They knew that God was worthy to be worshipped. What does it say? John three sixteen. Somebody said, "Go on." For God to so love the world, surely that's worthy of worship. Surely that should get us excited and make us want to fall to our knees and worship. These people devoted themselves to worshiping God. So should we. He deserves to be worshiped more than anything else in our lives. All that, all the careers and everything that goes along with that. No, God should take the priority. He is worthy for, to have our worship. David Livingston, I'm sure you've all heard about David Livingston. Was he from Scotland? Was he from Scotland? Aye, he was. I uh, thought about this this morning. David Livingston went... Explorer, missionary to Africa, felt that God was calling him to reach the lost there. And he spent the majority of his adult life in Africa. And when he was an old man, he, old man he died. And when the Africans found his body, they found him on his knees praying. David Livingston was a man devoted to worship, to worshiping God. He died as he lived in prayer. A man completely devoted. To God, and then I was thinking of maybe another example of worship and just continuous devotion. And I was thinking of I read a wee book. What's that book? What's that book called? You know the wee Duncan 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 Campbell, okay. This and the the revival in the Hebrides. I was talking about these two ladies, and they spent years and years praying. They were completely devoted to prayer and to worship. They were praying for a revival, and then eventually, when they were older, God answered their prayers and save many, many people there. God is worthy to be worshipped. David Livingston knew it. These ladies, Nile of Lewis, they knew it. And these believers in Acts 2 knew it. Do we know it? Do we know that God is worthy to be worshipped? This was a simple message, looking at a devoted, a church devoted to God. These new believers, after hearing Peter's preaching, after hearing this defense of the gospel that Peter gave, They devoted themselves to the things of God. They just received the gospel and they devoted to growing spiritually, to each other, to fellowship and to worship. And I'll ask you again, are you devoted to growing spiritually? Are you devoted to the teaching of God's word? Are you spending time reading this and studying it and listening to other people teach it? Do you desire to grow? And are we devoted to fellowship to each other? Come alongside each other. We need encouragement. We can't do this Christian life on our own it's a struggle, and we need each other to encourage us, love each other, build each other up. And what about worship? Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sins. He took our punishment. Surely he's worthy of our worship. These believers knew it, so they worshiped him for it. And I've been challenged over the past few weeks, actually thinking, thinking about this, and challenged to ask myself, what am I devoted to? And I hope you've been as well. And just as i finished... Let me read verse forty seven of Acts two Praising God and having favour with all the people, and the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. As people devoted their hearts to God, God blessed them and added to their number. Perhaps if, if we in Northern Ireland or in Scotland or Uganda, Joyce is in Uganda at the minute, if we devoted if the believers devoted themselves to God and to his things, we'd both grow spiritually. I'm sure, I'm convinced by this that we will grow numerically people will see our lives and think "Whoa, what's going on with them what's different about them and they'll think I I want a piece of that and God will use us and God will work through us to reach other people I wonder if you walked into into work tomorrow or into, into school or out to the coffee shop if people look at you what do they think you're devoted to what do you appear to be devoted to do you appear to be devoted to God? Are you devoted to God? As I said, it's a, it's, a simple, it's a simple message and a simple question. Are we a church that's devoted to God? And I hope the answer is simple, that being yes. A closing close in prayer and then John, I'll hand, I'll hand back to Robert. Father, we just thank you for your...